Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Paul's prayers for the believers. How many of you are enjoying the study? You're learning something from it? And it's shaping your prayer life. Amen? Alright, let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Today, we, um, in the last two parts of this series, we've talked about Paul's prayers in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. Today, we are moving on to Philippians chapter 1. Now, it's important for you to understand if uh, there are about four prayers to five prayers that Paul prayed for the believers or the church. And we are taking time to study those prayers and we should spend time praying those prayers over our lives. Now, pay attention to this. If you study all the prayers of Paul, you would realize that the emphasis is on the believer's knowledge. Is, is getting more knowledge. That's the emphasis actually. And the reason is because it's very simple. The, the born again child of God has all the resources in the world to excel. We just talked about the name of Jesus now while we're singing. The Bible says, at that name, every knee in heaven and on earth would bow. The believer's problem is ignorance, nothing else. It's not more power. It's actually not more power. It's knowledge. That's why uh, the scripture says, true knowledge are the just be delivered. Once you have greater knowledge, your functionality goes higher. Praise God. You know, there are certain things people say today, and I'll just laugh. And uh, I remember years back, those things were concerns. You know, there, there are some people now that they, when they have certain dreams, then they are running everywhere. They are looking for who to interpret them, right? You know that, right? Yeah. Now, let me tell you something. Not everybody can interpret dreams. You, you, you must be... Uh, you must be conscious of that. Not everybody actually can interpret dreams. There are interpretations that can help your dream. Um, so it's not like when you have any dream, you just say, so what do you think? You say, ah, you saw pots. Say yes. How many pots? Say two. <laughs> it's finished. <laughs> what is finished? You know, so th- there, are, there are... Dreams have to be interpreted. Let me just leave it at that. But... As you grow in your knowledge of Christ, you can have certain dreams and you know, yeah, forget about this. This is not from God. But if you are not in that level, what's going to happen is every dream you have, you're going to, you know, be running, be sweating, be shaking. So, uh, the believer's prayer, especially as Paul prayed, the emphasis is on knowledge. That's what we should pray about a lot more. You know, sometimes when you hear some believers pray, you, you, you are almost ashamed. The greatest warfare, praise God, the greatest warfare of the child of God is mind renewal. Renew your mind. Get in the truth that's in the word of God. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. And let's look at the prayer here. Philippians chapter 1. It, the prayer stopped in verse... Uh, 11. So we're going to read from verse 1. Now, I need you to pay attention to this. Paul was writing from the jail. He was in prison. Now, theologians usually don't agree whether it's from a jail in Rome or uh, a jail in Ephesus. So, but we know he was in prison. It was written in about 62 uh, A.D. But the later is from prison. So, 
I want you to note the context where he is writing from. All right. So Paul and Timothy, born servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Now, I, I need you to understand this, that every time Paul writes to the believer in the New Testament, he calls them saints. So, you're not a saint when you die. You know, most times, especially with the Roman Catholic Church, it's when you die, they now make you a saint after many years. Okay? So, you're not a saint when you die. In Christ, you're a saint. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, Paul always addresses the believer as saints. Um, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. So he's writing to the whole church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Observe the use of that word again. What? Our Father. Don't miss that. Every time you read, don't miss that. Okay? One of the things I, I want us to achieve as a local church is that you read the Bible patiently. Okay? Now, for instance, we're going to study verse 9. Don't just hurry. Paul and Timothy, both of them, you told the same thing, grace and peace to you, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-huh, verse 9, this is the main point. No. Every of those words, praise God, builds up. And that's how you get deeper in studying the Bible. Pay, every word is important. You pay attention to every word. Why did he not use God the Creator? Why did he say God the Father? And why, if you observe all of Paul's prayers, he actually refers God more as what? Father. Remember that God used Paul to bring forth the truths of the new man in Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation. That word participation is the word partnership. Uh, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So, the church, the saints in Philippi, they participated in sharing the gospel. They were partners with Paul. They, were, they communicated to Paul. They were partners with Paul. They gave to Paul. It, it, they, they, they helped him in the gospel. So, it says, every time I remember you, I, I remember you with joy and I pray for you. Alright? Now, for I am confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 7. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment. He's talking about his imprisonment. And in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of grace with me. So he says. In my imprisonment. In my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. Now, it's important to understand that you partake of the grace of a man that you partner with. And that's very important. Partnership is important. When you partner with a man called of God to preach the gospel, when you get into partnership with him, the grace in that ministry, the grace on that man, begins to flow in your direction. Most times, we want to partake of the grace of people, but we don't want to get into partnership with them. Praise God. Are you still here? So partnership is important. If you believe that a man is called, then you get into partnership. You partner. You, you stay consistent. There are ministries that, uh, that have been a, of a blessing to me since I, I was young. And, uh, and I've been partners with them. Not missed a month in 20 plus years of my partnership. Praise God. Not missed a month in 20 plus years of my partnership. That's how we, we, um, that's how we, we get the grace that's how we partner and get the grace. You know, so uh, Paul says, in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. Go to the next verse. It says, For God is my witness, 
How I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Remember, he was in prison. And this I pray. So, he wants to pray for them now. So, he's sharing with us now the content of his prayers. So, he's praying for these people now. So, you know uh, what he's praying. We want to know what he's praying for them. He says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment. Verse 10. So that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now let's look at this prayer. Let's go back to verse 9. Um, if you put verse 9 and 10 together, if you look at the, three, the two verses together, you see the word that appears three times. And that's very important because it shows us the linkage of the prayer. Okay, so for instance, you see the word, and, I pr- and this I pray, that your love may overflow still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment, so that, that's verse 10, verse 10, so that you may discover the things that are excellent, verse 10, so that you may discover the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere. Alright? Uh, the New American Standard Bible uses the word in order. Okay? Now, um, I just... Uh, I'll say this about the New American Standard Bible. Okay? Uh, so, because sometimes I read mine and what you have there. So, there are, there are three <laughs> versions of the New American Standard Bible. Three publications. Okay? There's the one over 1995. That's the more recent one. And then the one before that. And then the one they did before that. Okay? So... Uh, setting phrases uh, tweaks. So say, Pastor, which one is the correct one? It's the one I have. Okay. They are all correct, okay? But if you read the, the, the one I'm using, you'll see the word that. But then, in trying to make it more explanatory, they, uses, they use the word in order. Now, the, the reason, you pay attention, the reason they use the word in order is um, if you read the prayer and it's just that, 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 you know, some people might not understand it. So what he's trying to say is that, I pray that your love may, may, may abound more and more in all knowledge and discernment, so that you may discover the things that are excellent in order that. So that prayer, this result will cause this to happen. Is that okay? Don't worry, we'll go back, we'll start it again. Verse 9. So he says, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more. So the first thing Paul prays is overflowing love, abounding love. The word abound there in the Greek means excessive amount of something. Something that ranges from being moderate to excess. Now it's interesting if you look at this because if you are to look at it from the English perspective, um, right, you could just say, I pray that your love may abound still more, right? There's no need to say more and more. Right? How many of you agree with me? Right? I mean, you say more and more. What's more and more? More is just fine. You see, but Paul's trying to convey something. He's trying to convey something. An overflowing love. In fact, um, if you, it says, I pray that your love may abound may abound so the first thing Paul prays for them is abounding love the word the love here is agape 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 the three words in fact there are four greek words used for love in the in the bible um the first word is agape which is the the god kind of love now most times, we really do not understand the God kind of love. We, we, that's why you need to pray. Because our love is actually conditional. So, we love people. Uh, when they do something bad, we reduce the love. Uh, am I right? 
Yeah, I can see. Some of you are just shaking your head. Mm-hmm, true. You know, so the more the people are wicked, the more we until that love turns to hatred. That's not agape. I'll, talk, I'll show you scripture. Agape love actually means that you love the unlovable. It's like the person is very wicked, then your love overflows more and more. You see why you need to be a prayer? Because your natural mind cannot comprehend it. I'll show you this. Then you've got uh, filial love. Filial love is, that's where the, the name feel are different, right? Brotherly love. It's brothers and sisters. Okay? Like the love you have for your natural brother. That's filial love. His blood is thicker than water. That's where you get all those. Eh? Matter how bad the person is, but it's my blood. His family. Will I throw my family away? That's filial love. Then you have eros. That's erotic love. Hmm? That's romantic love. Okay? But what Paul is praying for is filial. Uh, it's agape. He says, I pray that the love that you have will abound more and more. Two, two things here he was talking about. The love they have for him and the love they share among themselves. You see, Jesus says, this is how others will know that you are my disciples. How you love one another. The Christian faith is based on love. Now, I need to be clear here. Because what we now define as the Christian love is philanthropy. So, what we try to talk about is, you know what? I'm a Christian. I love everybody. Let's buy. So we now buy food and distribute. That is good. Anybody can do that. You see, Christian love. Hmm? <laughs> Christian love just means that with the recent happening in our country, alright? Let me just put it that way. You are not saying, oh yeah, defend yourself. We are not fools. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It means that when crisis like this comes up, the love of God overflows more and more towards the salvation of those people. You are not talking like who has not tasted Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not where you now turn to Leviticus. Somebody, are you the evil Peter had sword. I said Peter had sword. No, Philippians one nine. We are praying that your love may abound. That's why we need to pray this for believers. Even amongst ourselves. If we have this love, <laughs> there will be less gossip and less hatred and less fight and less struggles. Less quarrels. Even in our homes, that the love for your wife will abound more and more. Not in quote because she deserves it, but because there's an overflowing love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like you have the love in excess. You have enough to pass around. What kind of love is this? That we need to pray about. Let's see something. The characteristics of this love. Hmm? The characteristics of this love is sacrificial nature of the love of Christ. Is that there is no object for the love. That means it is characterized. The characteristics is the one who loves regardless of the object. What this means is I am not loving because it is you. No, I have love so I can share it. Do you understand? Are you, are you here or you are going home? You are here. Or you are still thinking about the example I use. That's why we need to pray. What this means is, I'm not loving because it is you. I, it, this agape love is not about an object of love. It is what? It is that the person is loving himself and he has it in overflowing. So it is not, if my wife behave well, then I will behave well. If she behaves madly, say all of us get one level of grace. If you release yours, I release mine. No, no, that's not it. That's not, that's not it. That's not what we're saying. You know, people say that, that everybody has a little bit of madness. So you, you preserve your own for premium release. No, no, that's not it. It means that regardless of who you are, I have enough love more and more to do what? To share to be of a blessing to you. So this is the, the, the interesting thing. People do not qualify for agape love. It's unconditional. 
there are no conditions attached. You see, you see why it needs to be prayer? <laughs> we, really, we need to pray about this. We need to pray about Let me show you two scriptures quickly. Romans 5 8. Romans 5 8. It says, But God demonstrated His own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can you see this? When did Christ die for us? While we were yet what? Sinners. Do you think while you were a sinner, you qualified for the love of God? No, you didn't. You didn't. Praise God. Let's look at another scripture. Luke chapter 6 and verse 32. And we need to pray. Lord, I pray that my love will abound more and more. You pray that all the time. You speak it over yourself. And you see why it's difficult for us to pray the, the Pauline prayers of the believers? Because you can't pray this and want to kill your enemies. <laughs> you can't pray this and want to kill your enemies. It's not consistent. Luke 6, 32. Look at this. If you love those who love you, what credit is, is that to you? For even sinners... Hmm? Love those who love them. If you love those, look at what Jesus said. He says, if you love only those who love you, what credit is that to you? What have you done differently from the man in the streets? What have you done differently from the, the guy at the bar? He buys drink for the guy who buys drink for him. I mean, if he comes to the bar and sees somebody who buys drink for him, say, hey, my guy, oh, you can have one. Say, Every time I come here, you're always buying for me. Today I want to buy for you. Jesus is saying that you're not different from that guy. He says, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. That means that, pay attention to this, loving people who love us or loving people who are good to us is not supernatural. Even sinners have the capacity for that love. What that means is that the love of the believer must be a stronger love that the sinner doesn't have the capacity to exercise except he's born again. Are you, are you clear on that? That means that in your house, the way you love your lovable, your, your siblings should be able to say, how do you do that? Says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. This same love that Christ used for the sinners, it's now in our hearts. That's why we need to pray. You pray every time. Hallelujah. You pray every time. That, oh God, my love abounds more and more. More and more. So, let's go back to the prayer. And I pray, Philippians 1.9. And I pray, and this I pray. Thank you, Lord. That your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge. In real knowledge. I've told you that word knowledge is epignosis. Epignosis. He, he, he even prayed this prayer for them in Colossians. Colossians 1.19. We'll study that prayer later. But he also prayed it for them. We can just read it quickly. Colossians 1.19. Let's read it quickly. Colossians is just after Philippians. Am I right? No, 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 no. 1.9, not 19. One nine, please. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. Enter us that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Can you observe that every time Paul prayed even for the church in Ephesus, he prayed for the saints in Philippi, he prayed for the saints in Colossae, what did he do? He prayed knowledge for them. The same kind of prayer. That you be filled with this knowledge. Have an understanding of this knowledge. Have an understanding of this knowledge. Why, why would Stephen see people stoning him to death and say, Father, forgive them? What? what? Man, that's... <laughs> How many of you think you can do that? With your, let's check your love level. Let's be sincere. Eh? Come on. Do you think so? Do you think so? I'm going to say, oh, by the grace of God, no. Do you think so? You think somebody's stoning you. Hmm? And then he say, pray. The last breath. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are. You, 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 you know what you are doing. <laughs> that shows us that this love is not by human comprehension. 
Do you remember the prayer of Paul in Philippians? It says that you may know the love of God. Which passes what? Knowledge. Have you forgotten? Do you remember that? So you might know the breadth, the depth, the height, the width of the love of God that passes knowledge. You see, when you have now known that love, when you have an understanding of that love, that love is now shed abroad in your heart. That's the love that will now overflow more and more. That when you are walking in this love, it surpasses people's knowledge. Surpasses their knowledge. It's not just logical love. If we have this kind of love in our marriages, our marriages will be strong. We will not be counting points. In 1972, you did the same thing. On Wednesday, that Wednesday, rain fell. And you wore yellow, I can remember. How many of you are wearing yellow? <laughs> the love of God abound more and more. In what? In knowledge. That word is epignosis. Accurate knowledge. This, uh, uh, comprehensive knowledge. Knowledge by experience. See again, he talks about it. You pray for knowledge. That you might come to this real knowledge. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of the nature of God. If there's anything we need more in the body of Christ, it's, it's understanding God. Understanding the word of God. Out there, people are just... They are, they, people are just teaching their theories, teaching their minds. People have no knowledge of God or knowledge of His Word. And then he goes on to say the next, the next line. It says, and what? And in all discernment. Philippians 1 now, verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment. That word discernment, I like it. It's, it means uh, insight, perception. It, one of the places that root word is used is, is Hebrews 5.14 to be able to discern between what is good and evil. In all discernment. You see, God wants you to be able to make right call. Discernment. Discernment. You see, discernment is not just, in, in this case, it's used to distinguish between what is good and evil. Today, it's almost difficult to determine what is good and evil. You have to be able to make that discernment. Some things that are entertainment are not entertainment. Hmm? You're a child of God. And you are participating in twerking challenge. Hmm? How does that... You see, your discernment is low. He says, my body. Yes, it's your body. But how is he edifying the body of Christ? In all discernment. It's not every entertainment that is fitting for you, even though you are an adult. Are, are you following what I'm saying? You can't be an adult and just be consuming certain things. You're, you're just consuming. You just say, I know what I'm doing. No, you have to be able to discern. Because the lines are blurry. The lines are thin. The world, keeps, um, the world keeps pushing believers. Keep pushing us to the wall. You can't have an entertainment that floods your mind with all kinds of things. You can't participate in every, any kind of thing. There are places you shouldn't go. There are things you shouldn't say. There are words that should not come out of your mouth. In all discernment. Says, I pray that your love may abound in real knowledge, and that knowledge will produce discernment. Hebrews five fourteen says something. Let's read it. Hebrews five fourteen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter five and verse fourteen. It says, "But solid food is for the mature, who, because of practice or by reason of use, the King James will say, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Have you been able to discern good and evil?" What is good? What is evil? What kind of songs still appeal to you? Does, you? does your spirit reject any kind of songs? Or if they leave you? You know, I've always said this. Sometimes it looks like Christianity is a constraint. It looks like you are missing out in life. No, you have to have a revelation. 
it's, it's, a, it's a revelation that will make you see the world from the eyes of God and see why they need the light of the gospel. That's why, let me tell you something, and I, I want to say this prophetically. If you are genuinely born again, let me add the word genuine in front. And um, you have a home, you're married now, you have children. Do all you can to raise those children in the fear of God. It will make their service of God easier. Are you hearing this? To make their service of God easier. You know, some of us, the struggle we're having with serving God now is that our hard drive was full. Hmm? You grew up in a house where your father was playing fella in the morning. So you can just be standing and be doing like this. The, the, the music is still playing in your mind. So sometimes we are singing, uh, I surrender, I surrender. You are doing like this. You think that, I mean, I mean, spirit and truth will just be saying that guy is impacted. I mean, it's just on your mind. Eh? You hear that, oh, this pastor did this. You just remember what fella said, that pastors are thief, imam is thief. You, it's just on your mind. I mean, I'm telling you, those things take time to come out. When you were introduced to some crazy videos at a very tender age, or introduced to some crazy stuff at a very tender age, you see that all your life those things become a struggle. Listen, if you are now born again, give your children the opportunity not to fight those same battles. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, that's why at this age, your mind renewal needs to be intensified. No information distills. No information goes into the air. They are stored in your subconscious. That's why you discover that when somebody does something, it triggers years of information and memories. So how do you overcome that? By, by growing in your knowledge of who you are in Christ. Do you think it was easy for Paul to preach in the synagogue, the same synagogue he drew people to be killed? Do you know what Paul was doing while he was Saul? When God accosted him, he actually took letters to go and bring people to be killed. That's why this man was big on new creation realities. To discern. Don't introduce your children to certain things. What, what benefit do you get from secular music? Why? What are you getting? What are you feeding your... As tough as this world is, you need God every day. You need God every day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so you have to discern as a Christian, as a believer, what is good and what is evil. And so as you pray, as you pray your discernment is sharpened. Your discernment is sharpened. When it comes to marriage, who to marry, who to go out with, and the rest, your discernment is sharpened. You're not just going by the, by the, the natural sense of it. Hallelujah. What to do with your life, your purpose, your goals. Be discerning in life. Be discerning in life. He says, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses were trained to discern. So that's what Paul was praying. He says, we pray that your love may abound more and more in true knowledge and in all discernment. Every area of your life, you work in discernment. Be able to discern times and seasons. Don't just be naive about life. Don't just go through life without discernment. The natural world is risky. You can't live like a natural man. Hallelujah. You must descend seasons that God is calling you into. Prayers and study of God's word. Thank you, Lord. Alright, go back to Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Are you there? Philippians 1 9. And these I pray that your love may abound, overflow, still more and more in real knowledge, through knowledge, and in all discernment. What's the result of this? So that, you find that word there, or in order that you be sincere. Hmm? 
sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. I want to look at that word sincere. That word sincere, it's from the, um, it's from the Latin word. Um, it's, it's originally from the Latin word S-I-N-E-C-E-R-A. And in Latin, that word means without wax. Without wax. That's what it means. The word sincere. S-I-N-E-C-A-R-A. C-E-R-A. In Latin, it means without wax. Now, this, this is how that word came. Um, in, in, in ancient Rome, okay, pay attention to this, you get it. In ancient Rome, when they did poetry, they, they are, um, what do you call that now? You know, not poem, not... Not poetry in terms of poem. Um, these clay pots and these clay vessels, right? <laughs> poetry is foul. <laughs> poetry, is it poetry? Okay, okay, however you call it. Uh, um, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Like all those um, clay pots. All right, uh-huh. so what, what he has just said. Okay, now, okay, fine, something like this. But, in, but they are very tiny. Okay, so in the process of making it, there will be little cracks. So the, the people, they would fill it up with wax. So it's not noticeable. Alright, it's not noticeable. So you will not know that there is crack. So when they wanted to buy those things in ancient Rome, what they did was, uh, if you wanted to buy it, you lifted it up to the sun. So you could see if there was wax in it. And if you saw a trace of wax then you knew that there was a crack there. So the word sincere means without wax. What Paul was trying to say is this. If you work in that love and in this knowledge and you're able to discern what is good, there will be no hypocrisy in your life. There won't be cracks. Okay, that we walk in what? Sincerity. No hypocrisy. Paul wants us to be sincere. Wants us to be sincere and without blame. How is this going to happen if we find ourselves praying this prayer consistently over our life? He wants us to be blameless. Look at it. It says, so that you may prove, verse 10, the things that are excellent in order to be sincere. In order to be sincere, this will help us to walk in sincerity. To be blameless until the day of Christ. No hypocrisy. No mask. In our modern language, no filters. Hmm? Have you seen uh, beautiful sisters when they take pictures? Hmm? You have not seen. I be you are afraid that you say. So when Pastor mentioned our name, you raise your hand, <laughs> eh? And then they will take take the picture, and then they would walk on it. They say, "Don't worry, let me walk on this picture." And by the time they walked on it, hmm? No pimples, no dark shade, everything looking nice. Paul wants you sincere. <laughs> Paul wants you sincere. You know, I always tell people who snap my photographs, I, I tell them, I always tell them, I, you see, we have to work on it. I say, please. 
I don't want to go to the airport and the people they brought to pick me would say, I've got some spots here, I've got marks here, I've got some certain things. Say, uh, say no, the man of God has not arrived. Huh? But you see, Paul wants us blameless. Remember I told you, your goal in Christianity is Jesus Christ. That's your goal. That's why Jesus came. He says, so that you may approve, you may discern by the things that are excellent. Excellent things. I, 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 I need you to understand that. Excellent things. Excellent here, let me, let, me, let, me, let me deal with excellence a bit. Excellence here is not good dressing. It is not, that's not what he's talking about. The word excellence in the Greek here speaks of something that is more valuable. That means when you compare two things, you can say this is more valuable. Let me, let me show you two scriptures where that word was used in the Greek. Matthew 6.26. You, so you can approve what is excellence. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. And by the way, I'm not against makeup, okay? Don't think I'm against makeup. Just, you can use as much makeup as you can. Just make sure that you recognize yourself when they are done with you. Are you still here? Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Look at this. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands. Right? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they are? That word worth much more. Or the King James will say, are you not more valuable? That word valuable is the word excellence. It's like when you compare two things, you might approve the one that is more valuable. Praise God. Are you still here? It's like when you go to the market to go and buy things. Alright? You, 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 uh, I, I don't go to the market. Okay. But for the people who go to the markets, right? What happens? Uh, you carry the yam. Maybe you want to buy yam. You carry two yams. And you use your hand, raise it like this, raise it like this. And you pick the one that's more valuable. You see, by reason of your sense, you have approved what is more excellent. You know? You know, when you are not used to doing something, when you do something, you think you have done well. I remember one time I was coming back, I just wanted to surprise my wife, so I bought him. I priced very well. I used all the tactics I knew. So I was excited that I bought cheap here. You know, when you don't buy things often and you buy things for your wife, the first question they will ask you is, how much? So when she told me, I announced, you know, the word, the word, <laughs> the word caruso means to proclaim, to hear, to shout. That's what Jesus said we should do with the good news proclaim it. So I proclaimed in that order. Ah, and she just said, ah, they cheated you. <laughs> you know, by reason of my sense, I was not able to discern because I have not practiced. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Are you following that? How do you grow in righteousness? Practice righteousness. The more you pray in the spirit, the more you will be able to pray what? In the spirit. So it says you choose or if you were, you grew up in a polygamous home where they serve 16 plates of food. Right? How many of you grew up in such home? Maybe not up to 16, but close to that number. Or greater than. <laughs> right? They will now say, the first child you go and choose. <laughs> then you take about one minute and walk around the food. He would have... He would have looked at the five biggest ones. Then he would carry and by reason of sense. <laughs> that's what that's, that's what they say. Choose what is valuable. So your discernment, listen carefully to this, ought to help your choices in life. That's what Paul is praying. That's what Paul is telling us to pray. That by praying this prayer, we are able to know what to choose in every area of life. What man to choose, what woman to choose, what school to choose, what job to choose. That, that discernment comes in. You're not just making choices natural. You see, many people, I've taught it in this place. Go listen to that message again. Many people do not know the impact of their choices on their life. Some choices are irrecoverable. Got to be careful. 
You've got to be careful. And as we pray, the Holy Spirit helps us to do what? To discern. Let me, uh, uh, let me give you a, a quick story. Um, the book of Acts. Remember when Paul, they were sailing. Paul says, I perceive that this voyage will end in disaster. But the weather was okay. What happened? The captain said, let's go. They hit midway. And that ship broke and everything was lost. Everything was lost. Just by perception, Paul could pick, mm, we shouldn't embark on this trip. Just, just by perception, just on the inward side. That's what as a child of God, you constantly pray in the spirit so your spirit can be sensitive. Just listen to your spirit. Listen to the Holy Ghost. He tell you, oh, don't move this way. Take this way. That's why, let me tell you this. Maybe this, this is going to help somebody. Always keep your heart free from offense and anger and bitterness so that the Holy Spirit can, can, can instruct you quickly. Don't cloud your heart always. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Always create an atmosphere where God can speak to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Always keep your heart in that sincerity and state of, so that the Spirit of God can whisper to you. Don't. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. There are little things the Holy Spirit can prevent you from. You know, sometimes when you start walking with the Holy Spirit like this, it will look like it's just, um, it's just their natural coincidence. No, they're not. I remember a few days ago, I wanted to iron somewhere, and we'd, we'd done a bit of sewing there, and there were, there were like two needles there, you know, just put in there. It wasn't very obvious. It wasn't very obvious. But as I picked the iron, I just felt an impression to look in that direction. And I looked and I saw it. Little things like that. And I've always told you, if you're sensitive and you walk with the Lord, there are little things that you will avoid. Little things. And that's how the Holy Spirit will also save you from major things. Some people don't want to hear God until it is who they want to marry. How will you know that's the voice of God? All your life, you have not heard God. You can't be deciding to test God's voice in major decisions. Start gradually. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Develop that discernment. Start choosing. No, the Holy Spirit can stop you from setting things that are good and say, hey, don't do it. I demand this level of consecration for you. You might look strange, but that's the Spirit of God training you. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Alright. Say, so you might be sincere. Let's go back to that prayer. We're looking at value, right? Uh, while you are in Matthew, just turn to Matthew 10, 31. Matthew 10, 31. Excellence in that place is value. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. That word value, valuable there is the same Greek word as excellence. So when you say you might be able to discern what is excellence or approve what is excellence, it's not just saying approve nice looking things, glittering things. No, he's saying approve that which is valuable, that which carries weight. So in your life, you make valuable choices. Are you hearing this? You make choices that are beneficial to your progress and to your destiny. Praise God. Let's go back now. Philippians 1. See why we need to pray this prayer every day? Because sometimes when you need to make choices, it will be on the spot, on the moment. But if, you, if you've been praying this, the Holy Spirit will help you. Philippians 1. Verse 9. And these I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment. So that you may approve. You may be able to distinguish, discover, Alright? The things that are what? Excellent. In order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. These things will help us to be sincere. Now, it says, having been filled. Now, I want to say this. Uh, it says, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. The ultimate end of this prayer is that it will be to the glory and the praise of God. Understand how the prayer ends. Everything in your Christian life is to come to the praise and the glory of God. But I want to say this, right? It says that you are already filled with the fruit of righteousness. Which comes through Jesus Christ. Or, in fact, um, the rendering is by Jesus Christ. The New King James Version, I think, uses the word by Jesus Christ. Or it comes through Jesus Christ. 
Now, this is something I want you to pay attention to. All the fruits of the Spirit are in your spirit already. Galatians chapter 5. What are these fruits of righteousness? So we don't pray for people, Oh, Father, may they bear the fruits of righteousness. No, you actually don't pray that prayer because they already have it. They, they ought to yield to it. Galatians 5. Go to 5.22. Praise God. Are you still here? Where is my Galatians? Chapter 5 and verse 22. Now, or it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against these such things. There is no law. Now, uh, go back to verse 22. Let's just together. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Now, uh, this, when you're joined to the Lord, you're one spirit with Him. These fruits are already in your spirit. What you need, actually, is to yield more to them. Let me give you an example. If someone talks roughly to you, if someone talks roughly to you, maybe or talks in an insulting way to you, right? You would have two reactions in your, in your heart or in your spirit. How to react. How many of you know what I'm talking about? What, what would be the first reaction? Be sincere and blameless. <laughs> what do you think would be the first reaction? Who wants to answer me? Who wants to be sincere? To fire the person back. To give the person back. All right? What other reaction do you have in your spirit? If it's only that one, you are not born again. What other reaction will you have in your spirit? Eh? Be patient. Then this other one will say, boy, you are not a fool. If you keep quiet, next time the person will repeat it. Now what's happening right now is that the fruit of righteousness, who are you going to yield to? That's the greatest thing. Who are you going to yield to? So, you see, you must learn in your life eh, to yield more to the spirits. It, it's, it's like foolishness. It's like foolishness. In fact, there will be people who are ready to fight on your behalf. Yield more to the spirits. Yield more to long-suffering. <laughs> yield more to kindness. Be kind to people. Talk to people kindly. And, and I tell you, if you allow the fruit of the Spirit to come strong in you, you will know how to relate to people. Praise God. You know, myself and Pastor Mary, we used to say something, except for very few people, except when, when I mean very few, I mean very few. There is nobody who has left this church that when they see us outside, eh, don't come to us. Because when people leave the church, we love them. We, sometimes we still call on them, check on them. How are you doing? I remember um, one of our brothers who left, um, his wife was to give birth. He's left for like a year plus. His wife was to give birth at the hospital. He called me that night. Yeah, he called me that night. Late in the night. He said, ah, my pastor. So, so I said, uh, member. <laughs> and he said, my wife is to give birth. I said, what about the pastor of your church? He said, now you, now you be my man of God. And you know, I drove there that night. I drove there. It was about 11 o'clock. It was down at Finima. I drove there that night. It was raining. When prayed for the, the wife, the baby came out. We blessed them. I, I know that sometimes, see, in here, that's why people are treating you like that. You see, but that's the long suffering. You must yield to that. I remember one time, a brother who's left the church, we're going to do something. Uh, we're going to distribute something. He saw us. He said, ah, Pastor, where are you going? I said, we're going to distribute something. He said, ah, it's our church. And then he joined in. And he, now, it, it, sincerely, he wasn't just doing it hypocritically. If you would yield more to the spirits, you would realize that your anger does not work the righteousness of God. That's why you realize that most times after you have been angry in the evening, the Holy Spirit will now come. Because even you, your head was so hot that the Holy Spirit has to give you small space. <laughs> That's a joke. But the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you. But you know, your head was so hot. And the Holy Spirit couldn't whisper. You, you realize that most of you in the evening when you are about to sleep, eh, the Spirit will start whispering to you. You could have forgiven that person. 
And that's why you see that sometimes apologies come days after. Because the Holy Spirit is prompting you. You shouldn't have reacted that way. He says, but they insulted me. He says, yes, that's why you pray that the love of God will abound more and more. You have more love to share. They don't. Someone says, ah, but the Christian race is not easy. Welcome to the club. Exactly. It wasn't designed to be easy. That's why the grace of God helps us. Amen. That's why the Holy Spirit is what? Our helper. And this is what will make us stand out. So, the fruits are there already. That's what I want you to get. The fruit of the Spirit is... You don't pray for more patience. You just pray that the Holy Spirit will help you do what? Yield. All the patience you need. All the peace you need. All the love you need. All the joy you need. All the long-suffering you need. All the goodness you need. All the faithfulness you need. They are where? In your spirit. Go to the Philippians. Let's read it. Let's close that up. Verse 9. And these I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and in all discernment. So that you may approve the things that are excellent, that are valuable. In order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Let me give you an example there. Do you remember when Jesus took the, the disciples to the garden of Gethsemane to pray? He says, pray that you do not fall into temptation. What happened? Jesus prayed and prayed. But what did Jesus say? Lord, if it's, be, if it's your will, let this cup pass. Not my will, but your will be done. What did Jesus do at that time? He chose what was valuable. He chose the cross. But how many of you know the cross didn't look excellent? The, cro- the cross was a place of blood, of beating, but was more, more valuable. Look at Moses, Hebrews chapter 11. He says, he chose to suffer affliction with the children of God. Rather, to en- rather than enjoying what? The pleasures or the treasures of Egypt. Mm. It would take discernment to choose huh? um, going to the wilderness with the children of Israel than being a prince in Egypt. You know, every time you are leading these people, you just want them. People be careful. I'm supposed to be a prince. It's because of you why I'm in this wilderness. <laughs> You think if not for you stupid people, I will, I, I'm supposed to be ruling in Egypt. I follow you to the wilderness. You are messing up. I will lay a curse on you. <laughs> you know, sometimes your choices would look stupid, but it's the spiritual discernment that makes those choices what valuable. Are you following this? Choosing rather to enjoy ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. To enjoy ill treatment. How do you choose that? Joseph in uh, Potiphar's wife's house. How do you choose that? How do you choose prison? Nobody will see you. Valuable choices sometimes are not pleasant choices. Write that down. That's very good. Valuable choices, spiritual, spiritually valuable choices are most times not pleasant choices. It might not look pleasant. Somebody has insulted you, you decide to walk in love. Might not look pleasant. Some guys will call you, you're a weak man. Hmm? Or you decide to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Praise God. Are you still here? That's one prayer we will pray tonight. That God will help us to make valuable choices. Choices that will cause destiny to be fulfilled. Peter slept. And when it was time, he took sword, cut off somebody's ears, made a carnal choice. Jesus said, put back your sword and heal the ear. And just imagine the way, Jesus was, the way Peter was thinking. They brought soldiers to arrest um, Jesus. You now cut somebody's ear. Hmm? So let's even leave you that you were to fight for Jesus. Now, how many? The first person you cut is ear, not even head. So, so that's not minus one person. That's not like you killed one person. If there were hundred, we are not dealing with ninety-nine. Your first blow, you miss the person. I know <laughs> Jesus at that point also was not selfish. I'll take that when I start teaching on leadership. He had his own pains of going to the cross, but it took time to heal 
the ear of Marcos and to correct Peter. Sometimes as leaders, even in your pain, you minister healing. And you know if they had not done that and they had killed Peter, you know they could have killed him if that ear wasn't, I'm sure. Because when that man goes back to the to the palace of Herod, say, Where's your ear? So <laughs> <laughs> Peter took Peter caught say, say, Go and bring Peter. Would have missed first Peter, would have missed second Peter, would have missed message on the day of Pentecost. You see, is this how your anger can just make you lose out of divine purpose? Hmm? Would have just missed we wouldn't even know all the things Peter said, exalted. No, nothing. Just for for anger and ear and sword. Pray, you won't pray, you are sleeping. Isn't that why sometimes when we tell you to do certain things? It's not for the pastor. Have a devotional life, have a prayer life. These things will position you to fulfill purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They will they will put you in there so that at certain times in your life, one action will take you further in purpose, not further away from purpose. That's why we spend time praying this. And this is a big prayer we need to pray. Discernment. We're going to spend time tonight to pray that. God, give us discerning heart. Let us be filled with that, you know, overflowing love to the place where we are able to approve only the things that are excellent, the things that are valuable. And what's the last line there? It says, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ. How does this fruit come through Jesus? It's not by your works. Okay? It's not by the works of the flesh. It's through what? Jesus. So as we yield to the Spirit, the fruits come to the glory and the praise of His name. God wants everything around us to be to what? To the praise and to the glory of His name. Can we stand up? We're just going to pray for five minutes. I want to pray. Just put up the scripture there. We're just going to pray the scripture. Open your Bibles to read Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. We're just going to pray. Just pray it over your life. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that my love abounds more and more. Can we lift up our voice and just pray that prayer together? In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pando Lift your voice and just pray. In the name of Jesus, retos calibrando se catabashke, embretos que de bosanamandesh. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. Pray that your love abounds more and more. Pray that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Pray that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Am I praying with some people this evening? Pray that God's love is shed abroad in your heart. You are able to walk in the love of God. You are able to walk in the love of God. The love of God abounds. The love of God abounds. Let's lift up our voices and pray. The love of God abounds. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. God, your love abounds in my heart. Pray that prayer. In the name of Jesus. In all knowledge and discernment. Your love abounds in my heart. In all knowledge and discernment. In the name of the Lord. Your love, your love, your love. Pakashakatamandabaha. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your love abounds in my heart. In all knowledge and discernment, Lord, cause me to walk the God kind of love. Lord, cause me to walk the God kind of love. In the name of Jesus, cause me to walk the God kind of love. Cause me to walk the God kind of love. In the mighty name of Jesus, Mantos Kalebrantes Kolobateshka. In the name of Jesus, cost me to walk the God kind of love. Cost me to walk the God kind of love. Are you praying? In the mighty name of Jesus. Are you praying with me? Are you praying with me? Cause me to walk in the God kind of love. In the name of Jesus. In all knowledge and discernment. In all knowledge and discernment. That I may approve the things that are excellent. That I may approve the things that are valuable. Come on, are you praying church? Are you praying that you may approve the things that are valuable? That you may approve the things that are valuable? In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Jacota, Ecota, Elementos, Equitos, Calabataya, in La Praktala, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? All right, let's have our seats. I want to make this announcement very, very important. Please, um, our zonal meetings are a big part of the church. All right? So make sure that you are attending your zonal meeting. The last Wednesday of every month, make sure you are attending your zonal meeting. If you don't know where your zonal meetings are, just send uh, an address, um, send or call the church office and we'll check it out. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.